Destiny uh, is going to be sitting with me, and uh, I want to just want to be as careful as we possibly can. We've been setting up this morning using different mics and that kind of stuff. No, you can. You're you're fine. I'm I'm protecting myself from you because. Like I'm, I'm protecting my stuff from contaminating you because Destiny, you've been living immunocompromised for most of your, not most of your life, but for a long time. Just about ten years. For ten years, you have walked this road of faithfulness to God. I can't imagine what your prayer life has been like. It's, it was interesting. Uh, I can't say it was the most consistent thing. <laughs> but I, I think for those who are out there. Uh, watching right now, wondering, like, where is God in the midst of tension? Where is God in the midst of prayers that aren't answered? I bet there are even some that are watching me wear a mask right now, just so angry that I'm wearing a mask that, like, oh, come on, God, like, why is life like this? And this is something that you've experienced for a long time. You and James both. I mean, uh, uh, share just a little bit about your condition and what's going on in your life actually right now. Okay, well, James and I actually were laughing about it because I've been prepared for the last 10 years. Um, having an autoimmune disease means your immune system is trying to attack part of your own body like it would attack a virus or bacteria. So you have to take immunosuppressants, which means that you're very susceptible to things. Uh, so even the flu, uh, colds, a cold that would take you two days takes me about two weeks to a month. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm used to having to sanitize and wash my hands all the time or using my skirt or my you know, shirt sleeve to try to open doors. So I was prepared. <laughs> but um, it's, it's always interesting. There's always that tension and that, that desire to ask God. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned through all of this is you're allowed to wrestle. Jacob wrestled. Mm -hmm. We're all allowed to wrestle. The big thing is don't let it turn into bitterness and anger where you just want to give up on God. You have to allow that personal relationship where you wrestle together towards a common goal instead of just always being angry. Say that again. I think that's, I, if I, I don't think I need to preach this morning. I think this testimony is saying exactly where the spirit is in the midst of everything that's going on. And in you, I mean, you designed a worship set this morning because right now you're, you're just walking through this journey of God, what do you, what do you want me to do with, with my condition? So um, my autoimmune disease attacks my kidneys, and it's been attacking my kidneys for about 10 years, and the last two or three years have just gotten really bad. So now I'm down to about 8%, as you know, and the doctors are saying all kinds of things, and it, it's hard because uh, you see things through spiritual eyes, not just physical eyes, and so trying to... Uh, wrestle and uh, hear God's voice. Sometimes it, it isn't so clear. Sometimes it's very so close to the chest that you're almost scared to hear. So I, I know that there's a lot of wrestling going on for other people in other areas, finances and and um, just fear in general. But that's where you have to make that choice. And and the songs say uh, the promises. You know they they are something we cling on to. They don't change. And even though we don't feel like it. Sometimes I don't even feel like anything. Uh, you just don't feel love. You don't feel any kind of passion. That's, uh, so real. I think there's so many. They're just like, just they've shut off their feelings because it hurts too much to keep going back to God's faithfulness, to kind of crawl back and accept that it could be any different than what they're observing. Well, it's vulnerability. And, and you completely call me out because it's, it's so hard. I'm fighting it, but I am the type of person to compare and so the word can look so black and white sometimes. It's like, well, it says, 
right here in this promise. But then you look out, but that guy and that guy and that happened and that happened. Yeah. And just being able to take those and say, okay, Lord, well, I'm not going to allow this to completely dissuade me from loving you. You have something to say about this. You need to talk to me about this. I don't feel like this looks just. I don't feel like this looks like you're keeping your word, but I have chosen to stand on your word. I chose to believe that this is 100% true and that you are 100% good. And sometimes even if it doesn't feel like it, maybe I have to reevaluate what I'm thinking. Wow. Is this my comfort saying that you aren't good? Is there something deeper in me that I need to get rid of so that um, it's my paradigm that needs to shift and align with his. Drop the mic. Uh, I want us all to pray. I think there's like, I don't know how many people watching on Facebook right now and, and how many people that are behind those, those screens, uh, but we want to pray with you in faith, not just for healing, although we're going to lean into that, but also for uh, that kind of faithfulness that's necessary to see God as good day in and day out. I think as people are praying for you, they're probably praying for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if uh, if you would pray for them, yeah. and then we'll pray for you. How does that sound? Okay. <sighs> Father, we, we invite you again into this place. We know that there are so many hurts and so many wounds out there, mm-hmm. but we also know that you want to heal them, Father. We know that you are faithful and that you stay on our heels with your goodness and your mercy, that you don't take forever in coming, but you are already here before and behind. Father, I just pray that you would come upon the people who are hurting right now or have even turned off that hurt. I pray that you would just envelop them in your love and your presence, that the relationship with you would supersede everything else in their lives, that instead of comparing with everybody else or what seems to be happening by the news, by Facebook, or anything like that, Father, we pray that you would just cut all of that fear Mm -hmm. off. Father, we pray for courage. We pray for courage even when it doesn't look like your promises come true. We know that they do. We choose to stand on your word. We choose to believe that you are 100% truth, that you are 100% good. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you promise and that it's not a cliche, but that you do work all things out for good. Even when the enemy is trying to Mm -hmm. work them, we know that you ironically turn it on its head that you took a cross and you turned it into salvation. Mm -hmm. And I know that my burden is not nearly as bad as a cross. And I know you can turn it into salvation. Father, I pray for those out there that they would be able to see the truth that comes with this, that what we see as reality around us would be superseded by spiritual Mm -hmm. eyes to see your reality. Father, we thank you for this. And we just pray more strength and peace on them. Yes, Lord. God, we pray for the forwards. We pray for destiny right now. And James, I don't know if you can get off the board while, while all of that's going on. Just come on over, and we can pray for both of you right now. Uh, James has been helping to run sound. As destiny has been leading worship. These guys have been complete servants in the midst of their own thoughts and wonderings about transplants and all this kind of stuff that you, you may walk into over the next month or so. But uh, we're praying that God would just be faithful. So in the name of Jesus, by the cross, his cross and his blood, we, we bind the enemy from any activity as it, as it comes to your confidence, your, his faithfulness in your life, as it comes to your prayers. 
we bless your prayers in the name of Jesus, and we join with you in the name of Jesus for complete healing. We command uh, your body, Destiny, to be completely healed. That this autoimmune disease, we command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would heal every tissue and every place that's been burned by this autoimmune disease. That every tissue, every, every organ would come to full function. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We join together, <laughs> agreeing with the Lord for his work in your, in your life, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done here in you, in you both, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. What a beautiful testimony. It's fantastic. Hopefully there's more to come. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. And once you get six feet away, I'm going to take my mask off. Wow, church. Uh, I don't know if you realize what an amazing church you have. Um, People serving in the capacity they are. Everybody's going through stuff. And so you're not alone. But our mission is to welcome Jesus into all of life. We welcome Jesus into the ups and the downs, into the good things and the bad things. Gosh, it's hard to transition out of that testimony. I just... My stomach is just like, feel. I just feel like we need to, let's just continue praying into it. There's somebody watching right now that needs to, there's something going on. And I just want to lean into that. Chris, are you reading this? There's just, I just feel like God's doing something. And so if, if you were affected by Destiny's testimony, would you just raise your hand in the chat room? Or would you email prayer at missionvineyard.org? We want to make sure that somebody prays for you right now. Uh, they can get into a chat room and, and messenger. Uh, you can exchange phone numbers. There's so many different ways we can pray for you right now. I just feel like there's somebody that needs prayer. And, and would you just raise your hand in a way to uh, allow us to pray for you? Because God, God's faithfulness is true. In fact, you know, Jeff, let's go, if we can, let's go to the, the, the prayer, uh, the things that were mentioned. There's a prayer team that was praying for folks this morning. I think we just need to lean into that right now. Um, they, they're up on the screen for you. Someone's life is like a 10,000-piece puzzle right now. So people have been praying for you before this service. They pray for like oh, uh, three-quarters of an hour uh, for, for just ask God what he could be saying to the congregation. So we believe that some of these things are for you. Someone's life is like a 10,000-piece puzzle right now. Jesus can put them together and make a beautiful picture. So if you're feeling like just splintered into pieces. The other picture I get with that is like a glass that's broken on the ground and you just don't, like someone's expecting you to put it all back together and God's faithfulness says that, yes, I can put you back together and I can make you beautiful again. Jesus says, don't lose sight of me. I'm the source of every blessing. Well, that was the testimony this morning. Little did we know that was going to happen. Uh, For someone who's overwhelmed by worries and fears, Jesus has his hands waiting for you to give them to him. Jesus wants to demonstrate the gospel power through you, and that's what our sermon is all about this morning. So if this is you right now, just go ahead and raise your hand in the chat room. Somebody's just going to begin to pray for you, and at the end of the service, we're going to have a Zoom room that opens up. There'll be a Zoom link that you can go into with uh, people that are ready to pray for you for any emotional, physical, or spiritual need, but especially these prayer requests. If this is you, make sure you get into one of those rooms. Friends, uh, God is promising to make new beginnings in your life and in mine. In you and in me, God is promising to make new beginnings. This morning, we're going to get into the story of Noah and the kind of relationship Noah had with the Lord. The promises that the Lord made to Noah and then how Noah 
responded with his own promises back to the world. Here's one promise. I want to, if you don't remember anything today, I want you to remember this. When the world is upside down, God is faithful to raise up partners in his deliverance. When the world is upside down, I don't know if anybody's feeling that. When the world is upside down, God is faithful to raise up partners in his deliverance. God right now, this moment, is raising up partners to help deliver us through this crisis. Through your crisis. Right now, God is raising people up. I believe that this Holy Spirit is already moving in some of you that are watching. Like you're feeling something in your belly or you're feeling something in your hands. Or you're feeling the presence of God. There's tears coming through your eyes. The Holy Spirit is raising you up to be his partner in deliverance. And you may feel... Like, this is absolutely impossible. How on earth could I be partnering with the Lord in the midst of this? I can't even take a mask off. I can't leave the house now. How could I be a partner in his deliverance? He's raising you up. Be listening. Be listening. Uh, There's a person, if you could imagine, one of the largest crises that our world has ever seen uh, was Nazis uh, in Germany and Poland and the, the wiping out of the Jews during World War II. A horrible, horrible event in history. In the midst of that shaking, there was a man named Oscar Schindler. And Oscar Schindler, I don't know what his belief system was, but he sensed in his gut a response that God wanted him to take, which was to use his company to save 1,200 Jews from extermination. Year after year, he would bribe the Nazis to keep them away from his manufacturing facility, to keep them from looking at the roles of his company. Out of the 1,700 employees that he had, 1,200 were Jews that he was able to keep safe. Even though as the Nazis were pushed back, he was able to move companies. He was able to change things to protect all of those people. Later in life, he even went bankrupt. I mean, Oscar Schindler was just... It's not like life turned out great for him, but God raised him up as the world was being shaken to be a partner in literal deliverance. What if God was calling you to the same thing today? The same way. Let's keep that example this morning as we look into Genesis Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. You see, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, the writer of Genesis tells us, God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. It's as if in five millennia, six millennia, the world has not changed one bit. But then God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. You can feel the tension in the air. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've, desti- I've decided to destroy all the living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I'll wipe them out along with the earth. God had decided that what was happening in the world, it wasn't hurting God but it was hurting us. We had turned on ourselves. We had decided to destroy ourselves. We had decided to become so corrupt that we were becoming violent against one another. God was fine. It wasn't hurting him. God is God. But 
it was hurt. We were hurting ourselves so much. Can you imagine the burden that God has for this world? It was so heavy upon him that he said, I need to wipe them out so they'll stop creating pain for themselves. How do you feel when you feel pain? How do you want to respond? There's some of you out there that have just wanted to end it. You've just given up. And God is saying, I know how you feel. But this is not the way. In fact, since Jesus has come into the world, God doesn't wipe out the world anymore like he did. He's given us a Savior that's died for us. That when we receive him, we receive eternal life, not eternal death. And thankfully, the scriptures, as we see later, Jesus was able to even minister to the people that were wiped out in the flood. God's compassion on us breaks through. It doesn't just transcend over. It gets, it gets enmeshed with us in our, in our troubles and our problems and the corruptness and the violence. He comes in the midst of it and wants to be deliverer. But here he says, I've got to wipe them out. The only way I can deliver humanity from itself is to wipe them out. In Genesis 6, verse 17, he continues, he says, Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So there's a covenant that's going on. I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife, he's talking to Noah, and your sons and their wives. So he's, he's established a people that would be, he would be faithful to, and they would be faithful to God. Even though he's going to wipe out the earth, he's going to keep people from hurting themselves anymore, from the corruptness and the violence. He's chosen Noah, he's chosen Noah's family to be faithful to God and God to be faithful to them in a covenant. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat. I know that some of you have been raised up in church. You're seeing the flannel graph right now with the animals, two by two, all the nursery rhymes and the songs. You're seeing, even though you've never been to church before, I'm sure you've seen wallpaper with a rainbow and an ark that looks like a big wooden catastrophe. I have no idea. Pairs of every kind of bird and every animal. Every kind of small animal that scurries on the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And we know later in the story about a dove and an olive branch. It's the reason why that is a sign of peace to this day. Be sure to take on board enough food for your family, for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Okay, let's just pause right now. If you're on Facebook or just raise your hand, if you've done everything that God's commanded you to do, we want to know who you are. Just raise your hand on the feed. On a scale of 1 to 10, you're a 10. Maybe on Facebook, let's do this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much have you completely obeyed what God has commanded you? Scale of 1 to 10. I want to see some numbers. I want to see some numbers. Put those up there. For some of you, it's like you can't, you've, you're like, here, God, everything God's commanded me? I've never heard God command me to do anything. I've just barely read the Bible. All I know is John 3.16 from football games, and I don't even know what it says. 
How do I follow what God's commanded me to do? Scale of one to ten, zero. Goose egg, pastor. Goose egg. It's hard to follow what God has told us to do. I'm so thankful. I've got a small group leader right now. I'm in a small group. And one of the, the questions he asked us this week was, how hard has it been for you to follow what God's told you to do? He had no idea what my sermon was about. So I, I just thank him for feeding me questions for my sermon. He doesn't know that. There's so much that God wants to do. He wants to deliver the world so badly. He's just looking for partners. But most of us never knew that we could ever be partners with him. We never knew that he could speak to us and lead us and lead us in a way like Noah. I mean, come on, church. If the world ever needed Christians that could hear the Lord, he needs them now. And if you think that, that, well, he needs other Christians like Mother Teresa or MLK. Well, God's already got those. He already has Mother Teresa and MLK. He needs you now. He's calling you, but it takes us to listen so that when he commands, we can follow. Could you imagine a world where everybody was listening to the Lord and they did what Noah said? Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Not God said something and they went back to TikTok. Not God said something and they decided to smash somebody on Facebook because they didn't like their opinion about masks. Not God said something and they decided to veg out on the couch in Netflix because it was too overwhelming. If you hear anything from the testimony from Destiny this morning, it's that no matter what's going on in your life, God is still speaking. He is still faithful to speak. He is still faithful to deliver, even if you're too distracted to even listen. Or if you're too afraid to be obedient. Moses, not Moses, Noah. I've, I've got something else in the flannel graph in my mind. Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. In chapter 7, he continues, When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go. Go into the boat with all your family. For among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Friends, on Facebook right now, on YouTube, or wherever you are, would you in the chat window just write a couple of things, scripture verses, truths from God. Would you write up in that feed just some things that God has been speaking to you during this pandemic? There's been so much going on in the news. The news can tell us so much, like Destiny was talking about, but what has God been saying to you? Would you take a minute and just write some things down there? We need to hear from you. If God's been speaking to you, the rest of the world needs to know that he actually does speak. And what he speaks is good and true. I doubt that anybody on this Facebook feed right now is writing, God says that I'm a jerk and that I need to lose weight and that I should stop eating ice cream. God doesn't, God's not focused. The thing is not the thing. God's been saying some beautiful things to you. They're not shaming. They're not angry. They're words of love and faithfulness, and he's speaking them to you. What has God been saying to you in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of this new racial revolution? How does God talk about you? Does he say, I love you? 
Does he say, I'm going to carry you through this? Does he say, you don't need to be angry? Does he say, you don't have to be violent? Stop being corrupt. Maybe some of you, he's saying, you need to stop drinking so much. For some of you, he's saying, that pornography that used to be your regret has now become your excuse for a hard life. For some of you, he's saying, it's time to surrender. It's time to become one of my righteous ones. God's promising, I will make you righteous. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to call on my name. My friend Kathy Maskell, she wrote this. She said, we are the Christians that we have been waiting for. It's you that God wants. Just like Noah, it's you that God wants. One of his righteous ones to partner with him as deliverer in the midst of the pandemic. God is promising to make new beginnings in you and me. So in Genesis 8, 18, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives left the boat and all of the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and he sacrificed his burnt offerings, the animals and the birds that had been approved for that purpose. Every clean animal and every clean bird, the Hebrew says, And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I'll never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. I'll never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be a planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day, and night. Now, if you read this story and you've ever spent time with any animals, you know that the ark stunk like nothing else. It was gross. I can't imagine if Noah and his wife and his children, they wanted to throw up all the time because of how nasty it smelt in there. Let me tell you, just because God has called you to partner in his deliverance doesn't mean you're not going to have to suffer through some nasty, nasty stinks in your life. It's going to smell. It's going to be rotten. So I think it's a little ironic and maybe a little comedy on the part of the Genesis writer that when they made a sacrifice in Roma outside of the boat, God was so happy. He said, I'm never going to do this again. That smell was so bad. I know I'm being a little funny with the scriptures right now, but this is the truth. God hates watching us suffer. He hates it. And yet sometimes it's so critical that we grasp that part of deliverance means that we go through the mess. There's a, a, a meeting tonight, and I know some of you are, are so fed up with the racial conversations. Can I tell you, they are really, really hard and messy and embarrassing for some of us that have no idea how to speak through this. Can I say, don't step away from them. They are smelly. Sometimes they make me want to throw up the videos that I'm watching. I got to speak with a police officer this week who joined the force because he wanted to stop the corruption that was going on in the police department. He wanted to serve and protect those who have been abused. There's people all over this conversation, and it's messy, but that doesn't mean that you don't become part of it. It's time to engage. This conversation about the pandemic and who's to blame, it's messy. But it doesn't mean we don't live through it and welcome Jesus into all of it. 
It can't stink more than the ark did. Let me tell you, God will be so pleased as we give ourselves as a sacrifice for what he is doing in the world. We are called to be partners in his deliverance. That's what he wants to do. So after all this, God says, I'm making a new beginning. I'm making a new beginning. And I've got a slide here that's asking a couple questions. How is God asking us to make a new beginning? That's what the series is called. It's called Beginnings. And sometimes beginnings happen after horrible death. Right now, I know there's 125,000 or so just in the United States that have been killed by this pandemic. The projections are calling it that it's even going to be worse than any other death in the, in the world. That's where we're going. And the hospitals are going to be overridden. Get ready. If I can be the pilot on this plane right now, I just want to tell you, church, get ready. There's turbulence coming. We thought we were going to be okay. There's turbulence coming, and there's going to be a shaking. There's a shaking going on right now. But after the shaking, in the middle of the shaking, God is asking us to be a part of his deliverance. What are the beginnings that God is doing in you? What gifts has God given you in order to respond in worship in the midst of what's going on? On Facebook, I would love for you to put in the feed, what gifts would God like to use in you? What gifts have you just been clamoring? Some of you are an amazing barbecue people. I don't know how to smoke anything except for myself at a fire pit. I just, I come home smelling gross. Some of you are so talented at making smoke make meat taste amazing. Or if you're a vegetarian, making eggplants taste amazing. I don't know. Right now, I know that there's some of you that are just clamoring to use the gifts that God's given you as worship in the midst of the pandemic. What are those gifts? Would you write on Facebook right now? What are some of those gifts that you are wishing that God would use in you, that you're just hungry. I know some of you, I, I was talking with a friend, and he's like, I just want to do something. You're not alone. All of us are just hungry to be useful in the midst of a time when we're all told to be home. It's so important. It's so important that as we begin to look at this pandemic, that we look for ways to worship God, that there'll be a pleasing aroma through our sacrifice in the midst of the stank of something like the ark. In Genesis 9, it continues, the Lord says, I'm giving you a sign. It's a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. There weren't rainbows before this. God was so creative, and he wanted to make such a beautiful response to the worship that Noah had made, to the obedience to God's command. Friends, get ready for God to be creative. He's not going to make a rainbow all over again. He's, that's, what, that's what humans do. They just replicate things that have already been created. God makes new things, new things just to show you how faithful he is and how beautiful he is and how wonderful he is. I've placed my rainbow in the clouds, it says. It's a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. It's a sign of God saying, I'm in this with you. I'm not going away. I'm here with you. 
in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your embarrassment, in the midst of your guilt for the way that you've behaved during this mess. I know that there are some of you that hit rock bottom over the last three months, four months. Good. Let it be rock bottom. And now let God make a new beginning with you, with a beautiful new creation. And maybe that's you. Maybe the rainbow is just a sign of saying, I know what I can do with you. I can make new beginnings in you. A new covenant in the clouds. When I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remember my covenant with you and all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, this is what God says. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, when I see my new creation in you, when I see the beauty that I create out of the mess and the stank, when I see it, I'm going to remember my covenant with you. Friends, when God sees us, he remembers his faithfulness to us. What an amazing gift. He'll remember his covenant with us and all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. And when he sees the rainbow in the clouds, he'll remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is a sign of the covenant I'm confirming with all creatures on earth. Now, Destiny gave her testimony this morning. She is the effect of rainbow to you this morning. And you can be too. What would it look like if the world, when it saw you, was able to think about God's faithfulness? I was watching the, the Mr. Rogers uh, movie uh, recently with Tom Hanks, and there was this mo- I cried through the whole movie. But there was this one point where I just, I, I said this prayer, maybe it wasn't just under my breath, maybe I said it out loud. He walks into a subway car, and the whole subway car changes. They all start singing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor, would you be mine? And it it was because he was there in the car, but it wasn't about him. The whole car from different places and races and backgrounds and history, who knows if some came into the car having been just ripped up inside, who knows what their histories are. And yet when he walked into the room, the whole car changed. The atmosphere changed. And I prayed out loud as I'm watching the film with my family, oh God, would you change the atmosphere of the room when I walk into a space? Would you do that through me? Would you be a rainbow through me for other people that when I walk into the room, people remember the faithfulness of God? That when I walk into a Facebook feed, that people recognize the faithfulness of God, that that's what they first think of, that the atmosphere changes. Instead of getting darker, it becomes brighter. Instead of people feeling hurt and oppressed, they feel lighter and full of potential and hope. Would you do that with me? Friends, this is what God wants to do. He wants to make a new beginning in you and us so that other people can have the hope of new beginnings in themselves. That's what he does in rainbows. That's what he does in us. It's time to focus our hearts and minds on God in the middle of our tensions and promise 
It's time. It's time. In the middle of our tension, what promises will we hear God speak over our future? How is God promising to be faithful to you? If you're in the Facebook feed, again, another comment, if you would. How is God promising to be faithful to you? What are some things that God has said that he would do? Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for somebody else in the feed. Maybe it's for our church. I am so excited, church. On July 12th, we're going to have a 24-hour prayer room. Actually, July 11th to July 12th. And I want that for us to be a beginning of 40 days of prayer for our church. I believe God's asking us to do amazing things. I believe he's now beginning to tell us of the things that we should be praying for. Who knows, as I'm, I'm in my house this morning, maybe God's going to give us a building. He's been giving us uh, finances. He's been uh, uh, increasing our savings as a church. There have been other folks that have, have committed to that. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe God's telling you, I've got some money that he's given me to set aside, and I want that for Mission Vineyard for, for them to have their own building. Or maybe five buildings all across the city. Maybe God's asking us to multiply five times over. We get to dream because God's our Father. And He's making new beginnings in us. Hebrews 11 refers to Noah, but He gives us this, this commission in the midst of it. He says, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and, and that he wants to reward those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By faith, Noah con condemned the rest of the world, and he, he received the righteousness that comes by faith. That word condemned, it's like, by faith, Noah decided that no matter what was happening in the world, that wasn't going to be his God. He condemned it as the thing that he was going to follow. Instead, he decided that he was going to be obedient and, and be faithful to what God was doing. How has God asked you to listen to his voice? What faithful steps is God asking you to take right now? Instead of seeing the news as your God as what you wake up to, as what you respond to, as what you react to? Is God asking you to wake up and not look at any news, but instead look at his word first? Is God asking that instead of doing anything else, that he's asking you to make your bed and get on your knees and ask for him to speak? Instead of being filled with coffee first, is he asking you to be filled with his Holy Spirit first? It's the little things those little sacrifices of worship that smell so good to God in the midst of the stank of this world, in the midst of the tension, that stink represents change and transformation and deliverance. It's, it stinks bad, but it's so good and so necessary. In the midst of it all, how is God asking you to respond? Isaiah 54 verse 4 has this promise for you. I'm going to end with this. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of your widowhood, for your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's army is his name. He is our redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. 
For the Lord has called you back from your grief. Don't look at the world and not welcome Jesus into it. He's calling you back as though you are a young wife abandoned by your husband. The world will not satisfy you. And if the shaking does anything, would you lay down that the world will be your foundation? The Lord is promising to be your foundation. For a brief moment, the Lord said, it's as if I abandoned you. But with great compassion, I take you back. In a burst of anger, I turn my face from you a little while. As if we couldn't see him or hear him. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Just as I swore in the time of Noah, I would never again flood the earth. So now I swear to you, I will never be angry again and punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills may disappear and COVID may revamp. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken. God's thoughts for you will never stop, says the Lord who has mercy on you. God is promising to make new beginnings and you and me. So on that feed, I'm going to ask you put up those words again from this morning. For those of you who need prayer, emotional, physical, or spiritual, I'm asking you to go into the Zoom room right now. You respond to those words. But there's some of you who need to make a decision today to follow Jesus. You need to. I'm sorry, you need to. This world is too much for our humanity to bear. You and I need the Lord. There's some of you that are, that are watching this video. You already have a relationship with Jesus. God's asking you to take this prayer to five people in your life. He's putting them in your head right now. I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me right now. And it's, it's three simple steps. Thank you, sorry, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. I am so sorry for the things that I've done. And just right now, between you and God, I'm so sorry, Lord, for running away from your commands. I'm so sorry for not making the time to hear your voice. I'm so sorry for not deciding to follow you. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Please, Lord, please, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit to guide my life and be with me forever? I want to follow you. I want you to be the one that I follow, not the world. I want, to, I want you to be the one. I want you to invite me to partner with you, to be a deliverance partner in the midst of all this. I want my life to be a life that smells good to you where my acts and all of my behavior become worship. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that you can just uh, expose me to your gifts, to your mission, to your power. There are some of you, I just want to pray right now, as you're watching this, be filled with the Holy Spirit and his power, where this, this, all of this world has been too much for your humanity to bear. I bless you with the Holy Spirit and his power and his love, and his joy, and his peace. 
I'm so excited. Our small group leaders, they've just exploded. We have more small groups than we've ever had in the church through this pandemic. There's a new one. I'm so proud of my friend Don Smith who started this small group that's been so empowering for women. She decided in the midst of the pandemic to start something new that would focus her eyes more on Jesus, and she's invited other ladies to do the same. If you need a small group, I don't care who you are, you need a small group right now. You need right now to go to smallgroup.missionvineyard.org and see the list that's there, smallgroup.missionvineyard.org, and choose a small group. Don't go it alone. This world is too calamitous to go it alone. Stop it. Get into a small group. For some of you, you've been so afraid. Your financial future is fine. You've got plenty of retirement. Your job hasn't gone away. And yet you're holding on to your finances, and it's actually holding you back from the faithfulness of God. God's asking you to give. For those who need to worship God and turn your money into smelly, stenchy, stale things, God's asking you to open your hands and give your finances as worship. Maybe it's in a tithe, maybe in a tenth of your finances, like so many in the church have done, or the finances of the church, they're ready to respond with $12,000 towards those in need. Just like that, God has provided. But it's because of faithful people who have turned their finances into worship. If that's you this morning, I encourage you to go to give.missionvineyard.org. Give.missionvineyard.org. We've got our own giving platform, but you can also give through PayPal. And we pray that God continues to use all those finances towards his kingdom good. And we recognize that we've needed these finances for the long haul because this pandemic is going to be a marathon of folks not being able to work. So the church is here. And if you know somebody in need, make sure they go to care.missionvineyard.org. Care.missionvineyard.org. They can begin to fill out a form for financial assistance to make sure that they don't lose their home and they have enough food. That's what we're about protecting people from being homeless, and feeding them. There's $12,000 towards that. We've changed our whole budget for this year to make sure that folks can be provided for. So if you want to give to that, you can give to that. But if you know somebody in need, or maybe that's you, you can go to care.missionvineyard.org. If you've not connected with the church yet, I can just please go to nextsteps.missionvineyard.org. Nextsteps.missionvineyard.org. Fill out an online form there. And I personally, from my home, don't worry, by the time it gets to your home, the virus will be off of it. We'll send you a Starbucks gift card to just say thank you for sharing your information with us. We want to know how we can pray for you. We want to know how we can partner with you. Most of all, we want to make sure that you're not left out of God's movement in this world. Because God's using this church. He's not stopped. In fact, as I meet with people over Father's Day, they have new ideas. In fact, they have, somebody has a food truck now that they want to give to the homeless on a regular basis. This is the stuff that God's doing. If we just listen, if we obey his commands, if we welcome Jesus into all of life, this is what he's about. Well, I want to say goodbye to you right now and bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that you would hear his voice and that you would obey and your life would become a fragrant offering to him in the midst of a very smelly world, in the midst of a tension that we so desperately need, a shaking that the Lord is allowing so that we could be transformed. I bless you that God would protect you and heal you, transform you, In Jesus' name, amen. Now, through this whole sermon, it could be that some of you have been thinking, hey, I haven't been baptized and I really want to. 
Would you send me an email right now, john at missionvineyard.org, john at missionvineyard.org, because we're going to be baptizing people this afternoon in the safest way we know how at 5 o'clock, and you need to be there. It's actually a step of obedience. You know that you've had to take, and you haven't taken that step yet. Today is the day. Today is the day. If you want to dedicate your kids, we can do that over Zoom today. There's so, a Zoom call, all family, all church Zoom at 5 o'clock. There'll be people praying for you. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited, and you can pray for Brooke and Jesus Mancha as they get married today at 4 o'clock in the backyard today, and then they're going to be dedicating their kids. You see, God's up to so much. He's up to so much. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, don't walk away. Don't look away from the racial uh, revival that's happening in our country. At 7 o'clock tonight, there's going to be a great availability to have a conversation about it, led by some great people in our church. Join us. Have a great week, Mission Vineyard. We love you so much. We'll see you tonight at 5 and at 7. Thanks so much. Have a good day.